Welcome to another powerful and yet utterly heartfelt episode of Women of Impact, guys. I am Lisa Bilyeu, and today we're continuing this super freaking insightful conversation with my girl, Najwa Zabayan. She's not just a best-selling author, poet, and advocate for women finding their voice. She's also a woman with such power behind her words that she's made an impact on millions of women around the world. And what I actually admire most about Najra is how beautifully open and raw she is about her personal experiences, about being a woman and having been in other toxic relationships. And today's episode is actually part two, and it's all about your healing and ability to get up and freaking move away from the unhealthy toxic relationships we don't necessarily see up close when we're actually in it. And we're pulling back the curtain and discussing why. If this conversation gives you at least one aha moment, then please please, I do ask you go in right now in the reviews and the comments and leave us a review and let me know what the aha moment is. Guys, I know that this is a big ask, but if you can go in and do that, that will mean the absolute world to me. You have no idea how much this one review that you personally, you, you the one listening right now, you have no idea how important that is in order for me to grow this podcast so we can reach more women. I really truly believe that in order to create global women of impact, we need to start this girl gang of all of us coming together and supporting each other so that's why i show up every day for you guys and if you can if you find this valuable please do go and leave a review and show up for all the other women looking to be impacted now without further ado let's dive in to this convo with my girl Najwa. i've heard you talk about in trying to make sense of a lot of things sometimes we then miss the actual thing that's happening or miss the actual um the need that this has. So maybe that is for you to walk away. So what, because as you're breaking it down, right, it's Mm -hmm. like you need to make sense of it. You need to kind of identify what is happening. But sometimes in identifying and making sense of that situation, you're sometimes making an excuse. Um, So how do you ask yourself that question? What is it that you're looking in a relationship Mm -hmm. without forcing it into making sense of why you're in that toxic relationship? Mm. I think it's important to ask yourself what the purpose of being in a relationship is and be honest with yourself about the level of dependence on others for your happiness and joy and success in life. Like, be honest with yourself about what that is. Because say your purpose of being in a relationship is financial security. Then if that's the most important thing, guess what? You're going to overlook so many other things. If you are interested in leading a happy, healthy life for yourself and being with someone who honors that about you and who also wants to lead their own happy, healthy life and the two of you are walking along the same path and guiding each other in a way and supporting each other in a way, if that's the most important thing to you, You will not stand to be in a toxic relationship because that's the complete opposite of what it it stands for. That's why I would say, ask yourself that question and be honest about whether this is right or ethical for you as a human to expect and whether it's right and ethical for you as a human to strip away the power that you have by saying my purpose of being in a relationship is for someone to take care of me. And for those who depend on their partner for financial security, I don't want them 
to feel like I'm trying to shame them. That's not what I'm doing at all. Saying, if your purpose of being in a relationship is just for you to have the house and the money and not have to work and you want somebody else to be bringing all of that for you, then that is going to trump everything else in that relationship. It's the truth. It's the reality. So if you have that kind of thinking, if you're coming from that place, I want you to tune in and ask yourself why it can't be you that provides that for yourself. Why it can't be you that works toward a point where you don't have to accept all the bad things just because you get that one thing that you want, right? So let's say someone listening, I'm going to go back to your question ask themselves, why am I looking to be in a relationship? What's my intention of being in a relationship? And they're fully aware that they're in a toxic one. They're fully aware that they're in one where it just doesn't feel good. But they say, well, I would like to be in a relationship because I like having someone to spend every night with. This person checks this box. They spend every night with me. I'd like to, I I like being in a relationship because, or my purpose of being in a relationship is to have someone to travel with and, and go and visit friends with and have fun with them. This person checks this box for me. You know, they're toxic, but they check this box. Mm -hmm. My purpose of being in a relationship is so that I don't have to deal with the relationships with my family and with my friends because those aren't good for me. So it's good for me to be part of something that's more solid, like it's a real relationship where we're working together and and this person checks that box. Like you could be more gravitated towards them because they're they're saving you from all these other bad relationships that have existed in your life. <laughs> My purpose of being in a relationship is to not live the same way I lived my entire life. Maybe all the people in my life and my past were really toxic, really, really toxic. This person is a little bit less toxic, so they're better. Check. So you're using that list of what's my purpose of being in a relationship to solidify for yourself and validate that this is the person that I'm going for. This is the person that I'm with. I've... I've done that if anything that should be confirmation for you that your expectations are way too low because wanting someone to spend time with every day easy wanting someone to travel with easy wanting someone to go and spend time with friends with easy wanting someone to Put on that show and image of we have a house together, we got married, we have kids. Easy. You can do that with anyone. You know what you can't do with anyone is that evening that you're spending with them for it to have connection and love and vulnerability and talking about issues without being afraid that if I bring up an issue, this relationship might end. I might be treated badly. I might be gaslighted. What's hard is traveling with someone and actually growing as a person 
and enjoying those travels and sharing moments with that person as you're traveling with them. It's easy to build a house with someone. It's hard to build a home with someone for the two of you, where the two of you feel like you are an integral part of that home, where the two of you make choices together, decisions together, where the two of you feel like you are seen and heard. And yes, you make compromises, but you never feel like the relationship is lopsided. There's one person in control and I just follow or lead or submit. That's hard. It's really easy to have someone fill a void for you. There's 8 billion people on this planet. There's always going to be someone who's willing to fill that void for you because they will gain something from you in that, in that pursuit. What's really, really, really hard is to have someone add to your life, is to have someone sit with you in your darkest moments when you're dealing with all those other relationships with family and friends and when you're dealing with all these people who've taken advantage of you and you're trying to heal from all of that. And that person looks at you and says, we're going to get through this. You don't deserve to be treated that way. But you see, when you're in a toxic relationship, if they treat you a little tiny bit better than everyone else who's treated you really badly, you see that as, well, at least they don't do this. At least they don't do that. That's easy to find, though. If, if all you're used to is being treated like you're a side piece or you're on the margins of their life, you just you add a little bit, but you're not in the center. You're not a main character. Then someone moving you from the margin to like a highlighted little section in the book is going to feel so great because you're not on the margin anymore. You deserve to be in that entire book. That's why I said... If your purpose of being in a relationship, let's say you are in a toxic relationship and your purpose of being in a relationship, the answers that you give align with the relationship that you're in, your expectations are way too low. And that very well could be because you have not realized what your worth really is. You could know it on a logical level. I'm going to get emotional again, but... To know your worth is very different from living through your worth. When you don't feel like you have the power to live through your worth or you have permission to live through your worth, you're going to relapse back to the version of you that didn't know their worth because you know how to live that way. If you haven't lived fully in that expansion of your worth, like for anyone who's listening if you want a practical way to be able to visualize this, when you live through your worth, you're living in expansion. You feel like you could project yourself into the world around you and explode in beautiful ways and be yourself and project yourself and say your truth. When you're living not through your worth, when you're living through what toxicity has led you to believe your worth is, you're living in constriction. That's why sometimes you hear people saying things like, I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like someone's sitting on my chest. And the moment they break through and decide I'm going to live by the worth that I know, as long as you know your worth and don't live by it, you feel like you're suffocating. 
Because at every instance where you are being prompted to live through your worth, you are curbing that. Because you're like, I don't know how to live that way, but I know I should. So you feel like you are caging yourself. You're living in constriction. So something's sitting on your chest. And you know what's sitting on your chest? The truth. The truth that's telling you, you deserve so much more than this. It's suffocating you. So the moment you start living through your worth, you start expanding. Imagine you see those visuals all the time with a person's head and there's flowers growing everywhere. That's the expansion. That's living through your truth. That's being creative because you feel safe in being yourself. Therefore, you feel safe projecting yourself, expressing yourself into the world. When you're in a toxic relationship that does not see you, you are foreign to being seen by others. That's why you get so emotional. You're like, really? I am that great? That person sees me that way? Because the person I spend 90% of my time with sees me as a ghost. That foundation of having a really strong relationship where, like I said, the basics of human decency and respect and mutual care and attentiveness and being attuned. You have a little puppy. I do. If she's in a little bit of stress, you could be doing anything. I bet you anything. The moment you sense she's in a little bit of stress, your head goes to her. A thousand percent. What am I going to do? What can I do to help her feel better? And Right? Mm -hmm. That's the attunement in relationships that we need. Where when you're going through a tough time, you know that the person that you are with every single day is going to pay attention and say they don't and you bring it up to them, then they pay attention. Because I know some people are going to say, well, they can't be attuned to you all the time. Okay, but then what about when you ask them? You say, I'm having a rough day. Do they sit with you and invalidate that for you? When you're having a great day and you come to them to talk about it, do they celebrate you or do they tell you good for you? In a way that says, what does that have to do with me? Like, imagine being in that kind of relationship and trying to grow and expand. If 90% of your life, your day-to-day -day life, because when you say to someone, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, you better be willing to spend every single day with them. You might have an off day. You might be going through something rough. But one thing that for sure is clear is that I will never allow this bad day, this bad period of time, to make me treat you like you don't exist, like you are not human or less than human, or like you just existing around me is a problem. That's what toxic relationships do. So if you're spending yourself, if you're spending your time, 90% of your time in an environment like this, be realistic for the 10% of the time that you're out in the world and you're focusing on your career and you're focusing on your friends and relationships and community, do you really think that you will with ease switch out of the person you've become mm -hmm. in that 90% and be this strong, brave, confident person outside of that? No. Your relationships, your intimate relationships are 
one of, if not the most important decision, continuing decision that you make in your life. Because it can, it can accelerate that growth of yours and it can crush you into a little tiny piece of you that says, as long as I'm this small, I'm safe. The moment I try to get bigger or to expand, to express myself, be creative, be confident, um, believe in myself, then I become in an environment that's not safe for me. So this is the safest thing for me. So pay attention. Are you in a place that is helping you and encouraging you to grow and blossom and expand? Or are you, are you in a place that is constantly telling you, if you don't go this way, you're not going to be safe? Yeah, God, homie, that was so freaking fire. Oh, my God. I'm trying to hold all my thoughts <laughs> in my head. I was like, oh, God, it was so good. Um, so there's a couple of things that I really want to touch on. When you close yourself off, um, it does become that protective mechanism, right? And so let's say you've been doing it 90% of the time now because you've grown into this relationship where you've had to be protective. When you decide to leave, that closing off can can feel good. It can feel, I'm never going to have this happen to me again. Oh, yeah. Right? And so <laughs> as you start to build your confidence, because yes. that's actually the other thing is that mm-hmm. so many, like 99.99999% of women who message me, DM me, write in the YouTube comments, like I read it all, guys, um, it's usually like, it's knocked my confidence. I used to be so confident mm-hmm. and I met somebody or I got in this relationship and now I've just lost it. I don't know how to feel good about myself again. And so to your point of you close off, that becomes a protective mechanism that you then use when, if you leave that relationship, you've gone, oh, well, this actually helped me. This helped me feel strong. Mm-hmm. And now you lean in to being closed off because that closed off makes you believe that I'm never going to fall for this again. All mm-hmm. this manipulated behavior that I put up with for all this freaking time to build my car, I'm never going to have it again. Yes. And now you go into another relationship with this very closed off attitude because, and I understand why we do it, right? Because we go, this is like the empowerment in just even me saying it, or you can see me like getting all excited to like, this will never happen again. That Mm -hmm. feels freaking great. But how does that then impact that next relationship that potentially you're walking into, if that's your goal, um, when you've experienced this, but you've experienced it as a plus as a good thing as a this has helped me build my confidence to leave this toxic relationship Mm -hmm. before I get to that part I just want to say when someone tells you I feel like my confidence has been knocked down it's literally because of this because you were in a relationship that was on a very shaky foundation Mm. what would happen to this house to this studio if it was on a shaky foundation you and I couldn't even be looking at each other with stability. Mm. We are so focused on making sure that we're safe, right? Mm. That's what happens when you're in a relationship that has a shaky foundation. So it feels like there's an erosion it knocked you over because that foundation was never there. So for people who are wondering, how could it have been that I had everything going on great in my life, but this relationship knocked my confidence down or knocked me to my knees? It's because you were on something that was very shaky. And it, instead of you being focused on growing and expanding, you're focused on staying safe, standing still, not being hurt. That's it. So to move on to the next part of your question, you know how 
after you leave a job, some companies will do an exit interview mm -hmm. where they will ask you if you decided to leave, why you left and what they could do better and what the problems were. You need to do an exit interview with yourself when you leave a relationship to understand why it is that you stayed for as long as you did, why you decided to leave, and not make sure when you're answering this question that you're not just focused on what you're running away from. I decided to leave because this person lied to me all the time. I decided to leave because this person manipulated me. They eroded my self-esteem. They never supported me. Great answers. But also there's a second part to that question. Why are you leaving this relationship? Because I want to live in a place where people don't lie to me or people tell me the truth. Because I want to be in a relationship with myself and with others where we are truthful and vulnerable and honest and open. So talk about what you want, what you're looking forward to. I'm leaving this relationship because these are the things I want. So don't just focus on what you're avoiding. Because what happens when you're focused on what you're avoiding is exactly what you're avoiding. It comes because that's where your energy and attention is going. You're trying so hard to avoid being in another toxic relationship. You most likely are going to get into one. Because a person who is toxic knows they know what kind of validation they need to give someone to make sure that they get them in their hooks. Whereas a healthy person might not come in and put up with every little thing that you put out there where you're coming from a place of, I just really need to make sure that this person isn't toxic. So you might drill them with questions. You might constantly ask them for reassurance or validation very early on and a person who is toxic or likely going to be toxic towards you will put up with all of that because their end goal is to be with you. And yes, someone who loves you and sees you who, for who you are will also be willing to put up with all of that. But again, a person who just met you doesn't know you. So they don't know what they're willing to put on the line to have you. If they just met you and they're putting up with every red flag that you're putting out there, that's a red flag because a healthy person will stop you and say, hold on, we've known each other for two weeks. We've known each other for a month. Why do I have to share my location with you? Why do I have to constantly text you about who I'm hanging out with and what I'm doing? So pay attention to what kind of energy you're putting out there once you start getting into new relationships. If you're whole intention is to not get into another toxic relationship, that's going to guide everything you do. It's going to guide all the questions you ask, all the statements that you put out there. You might tell someone that you just met that you've never been in a bad relationship before because you know what? Some dating advice out there says never ever, and they say this about men, but I'm going to say this in general because I, I, I don't like that kind of advice. Mm -hmm. Don't tell a new person that you're with that you've been abused in another relationship if you've been abused. Don't, Don't tell. Yeah. What? Because then that tells them what they can get away with. Wow. So a person who's giving you that advice 
What is their intention? I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash lisa zocdoc dot com slash lisa God, I actually see that point though. Like, it's, it's, it's like, again, I'm just trying to be honest and play devil's advocate on that like you're kind of telling someone your weakness up front but I, yeah, God, I have to have to think about this. So do you think that that's, you should or you shouldn't tell them about your past relationship? I think you should tell them about your past relationships, just not on day one. Yeah. Maybe not even on day 90, 100, 200. But if you've been through a toxic relationship in your past and you are now building a relationship with someone new, it is important for you to be able to talk about your triggers, mm. to talk about the things in the past that have hurt you. And I know it's scary. I know it's very scary to do that because you're right. The, the wrong person, the toxic person, the manipulator will say, oh, she's been through hell. That means I can put her through that. He's been through hell. That means I can put him through that. So my advice is don't be an open book from day one. I think earlier when we said don't date people's covers, date the whole book. You can't read a book in a day. I mean, you can, but you can't read a person in a day. You can't learn about them and their past, their triggers, their you know weaknesses and strengths and vulnerability. You can't learn that right away. And be 100% certain that that is the truth of who they are. They, If they only gave you a snapshot of their life on that one day, they could have used ink that disappears in a day or two, you know? Mm -hmm. They have the ability to put on that show for you. So take your time to get to know this person. Feel whether you can feel safe with them and telling them everything about you, what scares you, what you've been through. And let me tell you something. There are people who 
who are great at putting on a show to make you believe they are healthy, they are safe, they are not toxic, they get you to a point where you open up to them about everything, you trust them with everything, and that's when they betray you. And I want to tell anyone who's listening, that is not your fault. That is not an indication that something is wrong with you, with your perception of reality, with your ability to tell whether someone is manipulative or not. If anything, that's an indication of you being someone who, when you say something, you mean it. When you open up to someone about something, you are actually looking for connection. It means that you are someone who is truthful and honest and looking to really connect with someone and bond with them and learn about them and have them learn about you. What does it say about the person who betrayed you after they worked so hard to get your trust? Look at that reality. Look at that truth. What does it say about them? You asked me a question earlier about how we're able to, once we recognize that we are in a toxic relationship or we are being manipulated, to walk away. Like, what are the steps? After the recognition, tuning into your body, how do I feel when I'm around this person? And that's going to clash with how you used to feel when you were around. I used to feel loved. I used to feel, you know, held and cared for and Now I feel like I'm always on edge. I'm always ready to protect myself or to fight or I just, I don't feel good about myself when I'm around them. So once you go through all of that and you feel what's going on when it comes to them and also when it comes to you, am I living in expansion? Am I living in constriction? There comes a point where you have to look at reality the way that it is. You have to look at them and their actions the way that they are. This person lied to me. There is no excuse in the world for lying. This person manipulated me. There is no excuse in the world for manipulating someone. You have to stop saying they lied to me, but no, they lied to me. And if I'm going to rebuild a relationship with someone after they lied to me, guess what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to admit that lie. They're going to have to explain to me why they lied not that it's going to take away from the pain that they lied they're going to have to tell me that they know and can feel how much pain that has caused they're going to have to promise me that this will never happen again so for those listening who are saying well people lie sometimes and okay well for the relationship to continue there has to be that repair if that repair doesn't happen then now it's become normalized that this person will lie to me. I will make an excuse for them. I'll deal with the pain and feel like I'm on a shaky foundation because now I don't know what to trust. I don't know if they're going to be truthful with me tomorrow or the day after, right? So you have to see the truth for what it is and you have to separate it from being a cause and effect. They lied to me because I'm naive. No, they lied to you because they chose to lie. They lied to me because I was willing to listen to them in the past when they lied and I was able to make an excuse. No, they lied to you because they chose to lie to you. They lied to you because they sat with themselves at some point and decided that this is their best way to move forward. 
could they have lied because they were afraid of what the truth will do to your relationship? Absolutely. But that does not negate the fact that the lie was wrong. Because someone that you're building a relationship or a life with, they should be able to open up to you about their fears and say, I did this thing or I said this thing that I shouldn't have said and I was going to lie to you about it because I'm so afraid about what it's going to do. But I really need to be honest with you and I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. You see the difference between that healthy dialogue versus I'm not even going to give you the validation that me lying was a mistake. I'm just going to let you sit in that corner by yourself and either make an excuse for me or blame yourself. But I'm, I'm not going to give you that. Yeah, I lied, but I'm not going to give you that. I don't want to deal with it. Or like you'd said earlier, where they would just blame you. It's like, well, I lied yeah. because you did blah, blah, because blah, blah. Because if I had told you the truth, this is how you were going to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally you fly off the handle. Yeah. And so like, remember last time you were crying for 10 hours. So I just lied to avoid yeah. you getting hurt. It's like when someone tells you, yeah, I cheated on you, but I didn't want to tell you because if I told you, I knew that it would really hurt you. And it's like, well, if you didn't want to hurt me, you shouldn't have cheated she in the first place. But again, things happen yeah. and people make mistakes in relationships. There are repairs that could happen, but the repair should never be one that is only led by the person who's hurt. The person who mm. caused the hurt has to take an active role in mending what broke. If they're refusing to take an active role in mending what they broke, that's not the person for you. It's like they're telling you, I'm going to throw poison at you and I'm not going to take you to the hospital. I'm not going to help you put the cream that you need to heal. I'm not going to, no, I'm just going to throw poison at you and let you just deal with it. Do you see yeah. the difference? So when somebody spills that metaphorical poison by lying to you or deceiving you or manipulating you or cheating on you or uh, speaking badly about you behind your back, backstabbing you, if they turn it around to say, well, I said this because you were just acting in, in, in a way where I just... I was fuming and I just, I said it. I didn't mean it, obviously. Or if they say, well, you've said this and you've done that. And you know very well that the things you've said and done do not amount to how bad that disrespect was. But they will divert from the issue at hand at any cost to make you feel like what happened wasn't bad enough. It... Even if it was bad enough, it's not worthy of being spoken about. I always say this to people. I say, if, if, if they're telling you that what they put you through wasn't that bad, but they're telling you, yeah, I did put you through that, but what the hell? People go through worse things. At least I didn't cheat on you. At least I didn't, you know? Okay, well, if it wasn't that bad, why can't I talk about it? <laughs> right? You're telling me it's not that bad. So why does it hurt you that I talk mm -hmm. about it? Are you just telling me that it wasn't that bad so that I don't feel validated in talking about it? Right? So pay attention to 
how this person, when they do make a mistake, because if you're trying to differentiate between someone who's toxic and someone who's just human and they've made mistakes, are they admitting? Are they communicating? Are they actively playing a role in healing, mending what they broke or are they not? So once you've, we're going back to those steps and the things that you should do to heal from a toxic relationship and to never say to yourself, never again will I open up to someone. If you allow what someone put you through, if you allow the pain that they put you through to say, I'm never again opening up to someone else because if I do, then they might hurt me the same way that that person hurt me in the past. I'm not going to say you're giving them power. I'm not going to say you're giving them more power than you're giving yourself. I'm going to say you are missing out on the huge majority of people that is honest, truthful, vulnerable, wanting to build a healthy relationship. You are missing out on believing in others, but also on believing in your ability to trust yourself this time and to guide yourself this time and to lead yourself this time. Because when you say, never again will I open up this much where I'm allowing someone to hurt me. It's like the CEO of a company saying, I'm going to sit in my office, close the door. No one can come in and talk to me. No one can come in and bring grievances to me. I'm just going to sit here and do my own thing. Well, what happens to your company when you do that? There's a huge disconnect between you and the people who are working with you because they don't feel that togetherness. So when you shield yourself in that way, you don't feel that togetherness with yourself. You're actually telling yourself, I don't trust you. I don't trust in your ability to discern between a person who's good or bad for you. I don't trust in your ability to walk away from a situation when it presents itself as a bad one. I don't trust in your ability to make the right decisions for yourself. That's what you're telling yourself. So you're missing out on a beautiful relationship with yourself and you're missing out on beautiful relationships with others. However, I, I must say, you must thank the part of you that says never again because that part is trying to protect. I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> I get emotional at the most awkward places. That part of you that's saying never again is trying to protect you from the pain you felt in the past. Can I ask you, why are you getting yeah. emotional over <laughs> Because I've been through a point where I blamed myself for the bad things that happened to me and talked to myself in a way where I said, well, you went through this because you opened up and because you were vulnerable and because you didn't protect yourself. We all do it in moments of weakness. Um, but I was being really, really hard on myself. And that thought crossed my mind where I said, never again. I just won't do that anymore. I want to be the strong, confident me that I know. But if I remove the part of me that's vulnerable, that's not part of the strong, confident me. It's just not me. Mm -hmm. The vulnerability is what makes me strong. It's what makes me confident because... I have to separate between 
my willingness to open up and be vulnerable and be honest and someone else's choice to say, I'm going to take advantage of that. So when I said to myself, never again, I was coming from a place of shaming myself and feeling like this was all my fault. And through therapy and speaking to people who really, really know me and really care about me, I realized that when I shame myself because my logic isn't getting translated into my actions, like what I know is the truth isn't translated into my actions, that's not an indication that something inside of me is broken. It's an indication that the resources that I have don't empower me enough to live by what I know. Remember the 90% versus Mm -hmm. 10%. If you're spending 90% of your time around a resourceless environment that constantly breaks you, well, the 10% can only do so much because you're going back to that 90% and being broken and degraded and all of that. So I had to, instead of shame myself, say, I don't have the right resources around me. I haven't fully healed from my past traumas, I, from my abandonment wound. And when you spend a lot of time around people who trigger that abandonment wound and make you feel like if you bring up an issue, I'm going to leave you, that wound is constantly triggered, like you are scratching it before you give it a chance to heal. And that's what I was doing. So I had to speak to myself with compassion and say, there's nothing wrong with you. You are in the wrong place. There's nothing wrong with you being open and vulnerable because imagine what that would have done with the right person. Like that would have been so beautiful. You have the right seeds. You just planted them in the wrong environment, but you can plant them somewhere else. So to say never again, will I open up to someone else? The part of you that's saying that is the part of you that lived through the pain of opening up and being hurt. And it lived with you through all of that. And it wants to protect you from that pain. So the reason I said you need to thank that part of you that says never again is to soothe it and tell it, I know you're trying to protect me and I'm really grateful that you are. But here's the thing. You can trust me. You can trust that When I get into another situation that starts to resemble the one that I was in in the past that caused me so much pain, this time I will put an end to it. This time I will address it differently. You have to trust me. It's that togetherness I was talking about. If you're the CEO and there's one employee called Never Again that's in charge of the department of opening up and being vulnerable with people and and that employee is saying, we're not changing our strategy. Never again. You're, you're the CEO in, in your office and you never communicate with that. Well, that never again department is going to continue to work the same way. What would happen if you went down to it and if you went and talked to that employee and said, thank you for all the work you've been doing. I know you're trying to protect this company. I know you're trying to protect us, but I need you to trust that The place where we can be open and can be vulnerable and can take risks and can try new things will bring so much into 
our company, the company of me, mm-hmm. you know? It will bring so much value and add so much value. And I give you my word, the moment we sense that we are in danger, we will not go down the same path that led us to that pain that you are trying to protect us from. Do you see the difference? And even if you do, because I think yes. also that happens, where sometimes you've done all the work, you've done yeah. everything you're saying, and then you find yourself again in that, like, you know, downward spiral, if you will, or in that same repetitive relationship, just with a different person with a different face, right? Mm-hmm. To then repeat everything you're doing, right? Because again, if you've done the 90% and you've, you know, you shut off 90% of yourself and you just... Yeah have the 10% and then you go into another relationship let's say you've worked back 20% so now you're 30% right but then you have that same thing you end up with like 0.3% of your own self and so making sure though that you don't that you keep doing this work that you're saying you don't ever get to the point where you're like never again period full stop like you're gonna keep that department inside of you it's gonna be there there's Mm -hmm. always gonna be that voice that tells you you need to protect yourself and what I'm saying is you need to thank the parts of you that try to protect you because those are the parts that when you are in the wrong relationship they're gonna step in and tell you it's time for us to leave you need those parts Mm -hmm. but don't hate them and then love them whenever it is that you need them you need to honor that they are always going to be there they're always going to try to protect you And should you get into a second, third, fourth bad relationship, you need to make sure that you focus on the progress that you've made. Because we forget that. We forget that we are humans who are on this like upwards trajectory of trying to get to a better place for ourselves. So for those who are in toxic relationships, they might always look at the progress as zero as long as they're in the relationship. They're like, I'm still in it, so I haven't progressed clearly, but that's not true because maybe today you are stronger than you were three months ago. Maybe today you are expressing yourself in a way where three months ago you were way too afraid to express that. So focus on the progress and tell that part of you that says, never again will I open up. We've learned so much. This is, this is a new version. We're going to continuously work on becoming more able to discern between who's good for us and who's bad for us and who we can open up to and who we shouldn't open up to. We're going to keep getting good at that until we get to a point where we're with the right person or until we get to a point where we say, I'm not, I'm not interested in being with someone right now. I would like to just be with myself, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to just be with myself out of fear of what being with other people will do. It has to be that full choice of this is what I've chosen for myself I'm not just doing it out of of wanting to protect myself from x y and z just like when someone makes a decision that they do not want to have children many people do that because they're afraid of the responsibility of children or they're afraid of being tied to someone for the rest of their lives and those fears are valid deal with them. There's a difference between saying, no, I I don't want children for myself because I actually don't want to have Mm. children. There's a big difference between what's guiding you and leading you. Is it fear or is it genuine conviction in what it is that you want? So when you choose to be single, make sure that you are aware what the reason is. If the reason is that you are afraid of being in a relationship, give yourself a time frame where you're allowed to live and operate from that place of fear. 
And after that, you're going to challenge yourself to let go of the fear. Because if it's fear of getting into a relationship, trust me, that fear translates into other aspects of your life. It's not just relationships. Mm. So you need to work on yourself as a whole. I love that. And then as part of that process, I think forgiving yourself is such a huge one. Because going back to the never again, right, if you then take a chance and it ends up being where someone maybe, um, you know, deceives you or whatever you start to go into that spiral again and then forgiving yourself without a grace because the amount of women also that message me that say like, Lisa, I, I like, I can't believe I'm back here again. I'm so stupid. Right. And they start calling They're themselves shaming names, themselves, shaming themselves yeah. forgetting themselves back, even if it's the third time, because that's what people were like. I can't believe it. after the second time I thought I was done and the third time I'm so stupid. But in order for you to get to the other side, you do have to do that process of just forgiving yourself with grace. And I think you said it earlier, but like, instead of seeking perfection, seek progress. Mm-hmm. So like, well, this time, my partner was only, um, you know, crossed my boundaries four times. And once upon a time, they would have crossed my boundaries 44 times. Like having the grace to say, but I've gotten better. Yes. And then giving yourself the grace to give yourself absolute permission to forgive yourself for the decisions and the way that you showed up. Mm-hmm. Self-forgiveness is huge it's 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 part of that self-compassion where and compassion is made of two parts empathy and the willingness to help so when you have compassion for someone not only do you feel with them but you want to do something to help them when you have compassion towards yourself not only do you feel with yourself but you also want to do something to help yourself and in big part that's forgiving yourself because if you don't forgive yourself and you focus on all the wrongs that you've made and you say, I can't believe I went back. Like, it must be that I'm asking for it or that uh, something inside of me is broken. Well, Maybe your sense of what you deserve needs some work, right? Sure, I'll give you that. But to be so hard on yourself and say the reason I came back is that something is wrong with me when as you're saying this you are fully aware that this person is wrong for you that this person doesn't treat you right that on its own is progress because the last time you left you weren't aware of 50% of what you're aware of right Mm. now all the wrong things and the bad things and maybe the first time it took you a year to leave and now it took you three months to leave So forgive yourself, not only for what you didn't know back when you acted or back when you made a decision, but also forgive yourself for being human. Forgive yourself for wanting to give something another try and believing that this person could change. Forgive yourself for having a genuine belief that this could get better. And that forgiveness isn't the type where you say, I 100% made a mistake. It's the type where you say, I, I wasn't 1000% sure that I was making a mistake. I, there was a part of me that was seeking connection. There was a part of me that was seeking really changing this relationship around. You know, I saw somebody talk about how 
they were in a relationship with someone for 10 years and it was really toxic and they broke up for six months and that person really changed and now they've been together for 10 years since then and it's been amazing and I thought maybe that could happen in my case. Like be honest with yourself about what it is that took you back. But it's never going to be what took me back was I wanted to make a mistake. That's mm -hmm. not the case. It's there was something inside of you that showed you a glimmer of hope or you felt this strong dependence on this person that on its own shows you your wounds, takes you back to your traumas. And I've done a lot of this work. Sometimes you have trauma responses in your body that are trapped, like from betrayal, from abandonment, where you didn't fully feel what that betrayal did to you at the time, what that lie did to you at the time. So it's stuck somewhere inside of you and it's crystallized in a way where if someone betrays me, I will stay because in the past when someone betrayed me, I stayed. And so for you to allow that betrayal response, that lie response, manipulation response to be released, you have to make a different decision with the person that is now betraying you have to and that's that's difficult for people to imagine because they don't think that they could survive past leaving when the person betrays them they don't think they can survive past it because their past has shown them unconditional loyalty to the person that you're with it doesn't matter what they do to you, you stay because if you leave that's terrifying where are you gonna go what if you end up with someone worse because you're always focused on the worst case scenario you block the part of your mind. I imagine it as a maze, right? Life is this big, there's a big maze. But when you're in a toxic relationship and you have those past traumas of betrayal that have told you unconditional loyalty is the only way that you'll stay safe, you stay no matter what they do to you. You've blocked off all the parts of that maze of where your life could be that are positive, that you're always going to the worst case scenario. If I leave, I have nowhere to go. If I leave, nobody's going to believe me. If I leave, no one's going to support me. If I leave, I will never be able to support myself. Then there's other that other part. If I leave, I can rebuild myself. If I leave, I can get my sanity back. If I leave, I can... You've blocked out all that good part and only focused on the bad part. And that on its own is a trauma response. Mm -hmm. I, I highly encourage everybody who's listening to look into what trauma and trapped trauma in your body can do to you when it comes to staying in toxic relationships. It's rarely ever about this one person in particular. Sometimes you go back, you feel that pull, not because of that person physically, not because of what they look like, what they've done for you, but because they represent a part of your past that you felt you couldn't live without. So you feel that pull. And even as you're driving toward their house or toward, toward the house that you two were living in when you're going back, even if you have that sinking feeling that's telling you you're making a mistake, you've gone back two, three times, but you still physically, you're, you're driving there. That is because there's a part in your past that is so afraid of what's going to happen in your life when you fully put an end and never go back, that's the part that's pulling you back. Mm. But here's the progress. You recognize this. You recognize it. So now try to spend more time 
when you're in that environment around that person, instead of shaming yourself and saying, this is that it's my fault, like they showed me who they are and I've gone back three, four times. It's my fault. Instead of saying that, tell yourself, I recently learned that my dependence on this person is something that's so much bigger than just this person. I recently learned that from the things I witnessed in my childhood with my parents or in my adult relationships, I learned to be scared of what the ending of one relationship tells me about the ending of myself. Like this one little ending that says this relationship is no longer could lead me to a bigger ending that says you don't deserve to be in a relationship. You don't deserve true love. So I recognize that now and that's great. So now instead of spending 90% of the time that I was around them being fully fixated on what are they doing? What are they feeling? Are they cheating on me? Are they lying to me? Are they this? Are they that? I'm going to gradually lessen that time to instead of being so consumed by them and in their direction, I'm going to be so consumed by myself and in my direction. When I feel like they're lying, instead of outwardly starting to project and say, you've done this so many times, if they've shown you that's what they do, your words are not going to do anything. You're reacting, your, your, your emotional response is not going to do anything. If anything, it's going to dig a deeper hole of shame for you because you're going to say, well, why did, I, why did I even say all of that? They've done this so many times. So instead of doing that, you come back into your body and say, what does it feel to know that someone is lying to me? And trust me, when you start asking your body what's going on inside, it's going to guide you to what you need to do. When your body's been on autopilot, normalizing this relationship, normalizing the toxicity, normalizing the manipulation, it's on autopilot. It knows. It doesn't matter if they lie to her or to him or whoever's listening. It doesn't matter if they lie to you. We know that you're staying. It doesn't matter if they manipulate you. We know that you're going to have this kind of reaction. It doesn't matter if your body is has been taught by you that it doesn't matter what you go through. The response that you have is never going to be to come and ask what your body is. It's always going to be to react and try to change that other person or try to change the environment. The moment your body knows that you are in trusting it with leading you, it's going to say, we've been waiting. <laughs> we've been waiting for you to ask us how it feels to have someone lie to us. Because you know what? When you feel over and over how off it is and how tense your body is and how you can't sleep and how you're, 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 you're clenching and your hands are going to visit. When you are constantly aware of that over and over and over, you're going to start to recognize environments where you feel at ease, where you feel fully seen and heard. And you're going to say, I don't want my body to feel this way anymore. But as long as you're on autopilot, your body knows you don't care about what it's going through. And that doesn't mean you don't care about yourself. I'm not saying shame yourself at all. 
I'm just saying, open your eyes up to this entire being that's with you, that's waiting for you to trust it with leading you, that's waiting for you to trust it when it tells you, you don't deserve someone lying to you. You don't deserve someone deceiving you. You don't deserve someone pretending to be someone that they're not. You deserve so much more. When you're not listening to it, you're listening to that person. So gradually decrease the time that you are listening mm-hmm. to that person. Gradually re- gradually decrease the time that you are believing everything that person is telling you. Start to combat their truths that they're projecting to you with your truth. Like let your truth have a seat at the table when they tell you Why are you raising your voice when you're bringing up a real issue? Maybe in the past your response was, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize I was doing that. But this time your response is, I'm not raising my voice. And I recognize that you're diverting from the topic we're talking about. Why? Because now you're back in your truth. Your truth is telling you, I didn't raise my voice. I'm just telling the truth and I know what happened. So... You start to believe in yourself more by believing that you have the right to believe in your own truth. I know it's a lot of words, but it's it's essential to your healing and to your moving on from these relationships that you spend more time in your truth than in yours. One thing I believe I've mentioned this before, like you can walk in other people's stories, like when somebody is saying something to you, describing you in a certain way. You can empathize with them. You can try to ask yourself, are they, is what they're saying true or whatever? You can walk in someone else's story as long as you don't walk out of your own. You can listen to what they have to say as long as it doesn't demand of you to forget who you are and to forget what your truth is. People who want you to get off track from your own story and your own truth, whether it's through gaslighting you, diminishing you, manipulating you, trying to feed you a different narrative of what who you are and what your intentions must be, those people want you to be so sucked in to their narrative so that you never see the power that you have, so that they could always have their hooks on you or... So that they can never allow you to see them for who they are because that's protective for them. So rest assured, you walking in your own story will push you to look at people and say, you've done something really bad. And that doesn't mean that you as the person who's seeing the bad action that someone did doesn't mean that you're a bad person just because you're not able to see the good in someone. Well, They've shown me the bad. So on this journey where you're walking in your own story, you will have to call people out for their lies, for their manipulation, for their behavior, for their gaslighting. You will have to step out of your comfort zone that might tell you the limits of what I can say are the moment I start doubting or accusing or naming things as bad things. 
you have to you have to break that barrier because walking in your own story means that you will see the gaslighting, that you will see the manipulation, that you will tell people, you know what, you hurt me so much, and I I just I don't want you in my life anymore, right? Yeah, girl, that was honestly like that breakdown that you just gave of how to start listening to our intuition really does bring us full circle from where we even yeah. started, right? Breaking through all the signs. How what we do when we see the signs, how we respond to it, once we leave, if we find ourselves in that repetitive motion, how do we keep breaking out of it and gradually trust our decrease, gradually decrease. Yeah, if anything, that's... I want anyone to take from this interview is gradually decrease the time you are spending in their truth and increase the time you're spending in your truth. And at some point, you're going to be 100 percent in your truth and zero percent in theirs. Hells yeah. That's exactly what I hope people take away from this episode today. Um, homie, as always, I freaking adore you. Love having you on the Same. show. Where can people find you and all the amazing work that you're getting up to? I'm on all social media platforms at Nejwa Zabian. My podcast will probably be out by the time this airs. It's called In Yay. the Clear, and it helps you gain clarity on all aspects of your life using logic and emotion. Conversations on letting go. My most recent audiobook, you have to listen to it if you're struggling with letting go of anything or anyone. And this is the first time I'm making this announcement. Next year in March, The Only Constant, my newest book, is coming out and it helps you deal with life's changes. Changes you don't choose, changes you choose, and changes you need to make.